Welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords, a podcast about four heroes on a relentless, endless plane. Hey, I'm on a plane. But can you complain? No. No, I thought as much. With me are four people. I am Tristan T. Wilde, the famous bard. Uh, I'm Magnus, and I play Banbury Lutes, the sullen... Uh, which? I am Gwynteague, the Percival Cleft. I am Enigma. You are the Enigma. The Enigma. You need to know nothing else about me. So, when last we saw our heroes, you had all left Land City, the great wagon city that rolls across the plain, having achieved a notable victory over the forces of disorder and over those who would wrong you. You had also met with Kun and Hir Sedaltai, two representatives of the Riding People, and in the light of your victory, and as a favour to one of the great silk houses of Land City, they had volunteered to travel with you and help you get towards the Ogre Citadel, which is in the place where once stood the city of Malahim, wherein Tristan Wilde must sing a song. Within probably about six months by now. Yeah, six or seven months. Yeah, he's got he's got some time. He's done pretty well. We've got some time, yeah. We've made pretty good Yeah, we made pretty good time. As we travel, the hawks were horseback with their two guides. Um there are there are a few pack horses with you as well. The Sudaltai brother and sister are riding along with you. Kun rides on a fairly huge horse, which marks him out as a great horse rider. His horse is a dun great horse called Sun Sudal. Dun horses have like a kind of pale greyish brown coat with a black dorsal stripe and black point. It's a cool look. Settle in, guys. The podcast is going to be Horse quite podcast. Ben-specific in the next quite, few quite weeks. a lot of equine colour genetics here. I mean, he's taken about three years to set this up, but this is the longest Do you not remember the mule for... episode? Yeah, he's been planning. He's like, this whole podcast is soon going to be about horses. I just have to set the scene... <laughs> So anyway, you've all magically been turned into awesome horses. <laughs> oh, that would have been cool. Awesome. So, as you're riding out, Tristan, how mm. do you look? And what colour is your horse? Well, I am actually white riding a pure white stallion that is a <laughs> full three hands taller than the other guy's horse. It's It's not. <laughs> Okay, it's it not. is only half a hand shorter than the other guy's horse. Legit. Yes! Wait, but I want to raise it so it's always at least a finger taller than everyone else's horse in case someone tries to out-horse me. <laughs> Maybe it walks on tiptoes. Um, okay, so... I'm wearing a... It's my classic red satin outfit with the white under undergarments. Yeah. Not, not pants. Um, but there's something different about this. It looks a little bit more... It, it's high quality. It's top quality. 
And if you if you look under the arms, you'll notice that there's like two bits of material that look like they could be zipped or buttoned together. And, <laughs> and, you know, but but it's fashionably sense. worked into the folds, and there's a big one between the legs as well that is like a, a zip. So, so it's like a tailcoat. Yeah, well, it's more like there's two bits of uh, material hanging between my legs that are worked <laughs> into the style of the outfit that were I to spread my legs and zip them really quickly, I'd look like a <laughs> flying squirrel. Is that how it works? I'm excited to see this in action. Yeah, you've got to be, I've got to just go spread and spread and zip. That's the, that's what I, t- I learned with the wing seed, with the wind seed, spread and zip. Zips always get stuck though. What? <laughs> Zips always get stuck. And does it go up or down? It goes down for speed, uh, and then you take it off with luxurious ease. Nice. <laughs> luxurious <laughs> ease is the way Tristan always removes What would have been, I realise what would have been cooler is if I'd got the, um, actually, no. Ben, can I have it, so it's similar to Enigma's um, rope that she's working on, but because it's a set thing, you utter the magic and it, it, it hardens itself. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's that's all it does, though. So if I spread my legs and say the magic word, it gets really hard. <laughs> Sexual encounters, swing. <laughs> the magic word is swing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that is, to be fair, the most Tristan wild thing that could possibly happen. So I think that's legit. Okay. Shit. Cool. Uh, so what, what does what does Tristan's face look like? Um, uh, well, uh, the face, if you can imagine something so beautiful, yet scarred. He has what looks like he once had a broken nose, just a scar across his nose. It's slightly ill-aligned, but, you know, in a handsome way. Yeah, yeah. Like, like what's his name in the films? Yeah, basically a little bit like um, Owen Wilson. Yeah. Um, incredibly handsome, ripped beyond belief. Often, <laughs> often much to the joy of the other hawks, naked. Um, and, and he's missing a little finger, and he's got long black hair with a, a well kept beard. Cool, okay. but it's, it's long and it's a bit bit bushier, but it's still well kept. So, Mag, what, what's your horse like, and what's Banbury look like? Banbury's a short teenage boy. He's got a weird shaped head which was shaved probably a month or two ago, so it's grown back in now. But he's got kind of almost a, a nobble on the back of it um, that you could almost kind of pick him up by if you were a giant. Um, <laughs> he's got a uh, sunken, kind of sullen eye, uh, like miserable-looking eyes and a, a kind of deep brow. He's got a dejected look about him at all times. He wears every single day uh, this soiled kind of brown robe that fits badly on his awkward teenage frame. Uh, it's held on by a leather belt. Uh, from the belt hangs a large sock. Inside the sock is his familiar, which is half a brick, Jabruce, and his uh, favourite possession. Um, he's got a satchel on his back with books and ingredients, and from that hangs a small liberated cauldron from a previous adventure. Um, his hair is brownish, but uh, weirdly for his teenage age, he's got a few speckles of grey in there. The only bright colour... Uh, that's evident from this otherwise grubby individual is his bright blue dandy trademark socks, which <laughs> flash out occasionally from under his uh, frayed robes of the hem. Nice. Can I just quickly interject? There's some excellent depictions of Banbury, very accurate on Twitter by one of our followers, 
and they are the most accurate you'll see. They don't match what Bambi's just described. He's way nicer in these pieces of artwork. <laughs> and he does uh, not like that. <laughs> Bambi is a horrible little boy. He is not adorable. He is adorable. That- he's sweet. He's a tween. We love him. <laughs> Uh, so what what kind of a horse is Bambri on? Uh, he's riding uh, a jinnet, which yep. is a, a smallish horse, um, as everyone I'm sure is uh, well aware of. Um, Bambri seems to have got the... He always gets the bad deal. So the horse itself seems to be behaving quite well, but whilst everyone else is making normal horse, no- horse not beast, noises, as Bambri's is walking along, it's making a kind of a coconut shy, kind of a <laughs> clickety clock, almost like a comedy... <laughs> a piss take, and he can't quite figure out where it's coming from, but it's definitely happening. Okay, cool. Your Banbury's horse is called Moona, by the way. Yeah, Banbury, as with every name that he gets introduced to, uh, is going to get rid of that straight away, and he's going to call his horse Wendell. <laughs> also, Tristan, your horse's name is Zerleg. So, what does Percy look like, and what kind of a steed is he riding? I think armor freshly polished and moustache freshly waxed. Uh, Percy's going to be fairly at home on the horseback, I think. And he's from a, quite an orderly background as well. So having uh, just been through Land City, he's probably been able to take a bit of time to do some housekeeping. And he's used to presenting himself nice, uh, you know, fairly well for battle or for ceremonial purposes. So, um, and given that it was involved in the dying process and tailoring and all that, I imagine that there would have been quite a lot of materials on uh, on hands to do a little bit of polishing and um, sorting out my buckles and things like that. Uh, so he's probably looking quite good at the moment, although yeah. regretting um, showing off the uh, efforts of his work as he rides through a what I assume is a very hot desert. Um, well, clad in his fancy show plate. <laughs> yeah, so he has his fancy plate armour. Is there like a tabard over it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah what um, what colour's that? That will be um, white with uh, a lantern symbol on the, the back and the front. Cool. And that will be freshly bleached, so it'll be a kind of gleaming white. Cool. Yeah, so that, that really shines out. Um what what does your horse? What colour is your horse? Also white. <clears throat> oh, okay. God damn it! You got a lot of greys <laughs> here. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, your your horse is called Denlujin. Denlujin. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, he's fairly sort of um, fresh faced and looks like he's just come out of a, a a wash that has made everything whiter than white, and every time like a little bit of dirt or something, the the travels sort of flick up and stain it. That's kind of a badge of honour. <laughs> that's so that cool. when you when you carry on and reach your, your next sort of stopping points where you just brush everything down okay enigma enigma how are you looking and what's your horse like i have a question before i start you know there was yeah. that magic thing that was like a magnet yes did my armor come off at that point as well i don't think it did no okay in which case <laughs> or alternately i don't know that you had your armor with you on that mission Okay. Because you're going in in disguise as a waiter. Oh, that's you? a fair so point. Yeah. I think you probably would have left it somewhere where you could recover it later. I did not think of that. Okay. Um, so, Enigma looks uh, noble upon a very nice horse that's quite horsey. The horse has horse like features. 
I have not researched horses. I like it already. What colour is it? Black. Mm. Cool. Like, it's Strong. really shiny black. Yeah, like a Frisian-style look where it's got, like, the big mane and stuff. It looks cool AF. Although it's probably quite warm by now. It's still, it's still kind of... Frisian. Late spring. Oh, very good, Ali. Sorry. Enigma is um, sat very upright on a horse. Uh, she's wearing a silk suit that is a colour I definitely defined in the last session. I believe you called it an elegant black with a hint of gold. Gold. That was the one. She has gingerish dreads, which are tied back loosely. And uh, she just looks... Oh, she's swinging some, um, some very cool knives because she's practising yeah. uh, the cool little moves with the silk yep. and has nunchucks hanging off her belt. Oh, of course she does. Yes. Don't forget the nunchucks. Cool. So you're and you're riding off to the northeast. What's my horse called? Your horse is called uh, Sidrinzum. I'm going to remember that. Do. In case you missed it, Tristan, your horse is called Zerleg. Zerleg classic. It's like third leg. That's why they chose <laughs> it for me. <laughs> After having a conversation with that woman I was doing to get us these horses, she was like, I'll oh, <laughs> give him third leg. <laughs> It'll be ironic. It'll be our in-joke, actually, Alison. <laughs> and so they've got a couple of horses carrying pack as well. So you travel out and it's a pretty comfortable ride. Basically, the city was moving north and then starting to turn west and you're going off northeast so you're at a bit of an angle to it but because it's so huge it stays in sight behind you for a while and the terrain you're crossing is now you've kind of well into spring and so where it was a very brown scrubby arid terrain it's now there's a bit of green in the grass there's flowers coming up so it's kind of there's an element of natural beauty as you're going across it as well. This this is probably the plains at their best. And you see little flocks of birds going past and you can hear the, the hum of bees as they fly among these flowers. For a while, Kuhn and Heer are both ranging ahead a little and you're trotting along, you're making a reasonably good pace. After a time, Kuhn kind of drops back to ride beside uh, who probably Percy looks quite leaderly, I think. How dare you? But Tristan's the first person he spoke to, so it might be well, Tristan. I'd be riding alongside Percy, that's a compromise. Everyone yeah. follows me, though. Yeah, you're at the back. We're Says on you. my goddamn tattoo. That's true. Banbury is also there. Banbury is also there. <laughs> That was that was my bond with you for a little while. We're riding as four people. We're tightly packed together because we don't <laughs> want to be alone. <laughs> we keep skipping ahead slightly, yeah. like a peloton. No one quite knows how to ride properly, so we're actually all holding hands <laughs> and steady each other. We keep knocking into each other. Oh, sorry, sir. Oh, my lady, sorry. And we quite fancy ourselves as, you know, like those motorcycle um, performance groups <laughs> where they stand on each other's shoulders. They kind of tie in with how difficult that would be. But yes, we've actually previously established that coming up on the hard streets of the uh, big city, Enigma inexplicably knew a lot about dressage. 
Yeah. Um, so she, she's like a super handy rider. And that's why I'm the one who could get my horse to leap up and, and make that little pyramid thing. <laughs> that is that is so, a moving dressage in a fantasy world. Yes, that's definitely part of it. Yes. I made reality different. I mean, Ali raises a good point here. We are in a fantasy world. Are these horses just normal looking horses? It's my Do they horse have orange. extra leg? Uh, do they breathe fire? What's going on? These are pretty normal horses, with the exception of Coons, which is bigger than the others and soulbound to him. Which is, you know, just a thing. That's just. I mean, I assume we can't tell that by looking at it. You can't tell that by looking at it. I believe we. He talked about it before. I'd probably know what that means. I've I've spoken to these guys a lot. There's been a lot of pillow talk. <laughs> you know about the great horse riders. Yeah, they're quite friendly. I got shared around a lot with the great horse riders. <laughs> they're kind of, you know, they're like all for one, one for all. And I was like, I'm game. Let's do this. <laughs> what you know, what was established before was that they are locked in a grave barrow with both a mare and a human mother who are ready to give birth at the same time. And the soul binding happens as part of this process. And these horses grow smarter and stronger and have a a powerful mental link with their rider. And they also have the ability to revisit any place they've been before without having to cross the intervening space. Why? So they have, um, yeah, pretty they have some advantages. But if you were wondering, Hawks, I did try and get us some of those magical horses, but we... But they bind on pickup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we weren't allowed them, basically. We still got these. I shall look down with disdain upon Tri-Leg. <laughs> Coon kind of drops back to uh, ride beside you. And he's kind of like a big guy. He's got wild black hair with some little braids in it around the side and little gold rings plaited into it. He's wearing this blue felt robe and he just sits he sits on a horse like he was born horseback which in a very real sense he kind of was and so he kind of drops back beside you and he says <clears throat> so friends it's good to be horseback to do the true traveling yes yeah <laughs> it's certainly a lot better yeah. than dragging a sled across uh, some, <laughs> some flats <laughs> yes I'll, I'll give you that oh you traveled across the ice did you yes <laughs> Yes. No, no, not ice. Oh. <laughs> Why do you have a sledge if you weren't on the ice? I, yeah, I don't know. Why did we have a sledge when we weren't on the ice? It seemed like a good idea at the time. But maybe it's just because we might like making life difficult for ourselves. Or for me. We had a lot of lemons, <laughs> some Robinson's drink, and some pickled fish, if I recall. I oh, look had... back on some of the things we've done and think we could have done them differently. <laughs> <laughs> some would say better yeah no we we were, had limited options we yeah. uh we were dropped off early by uh by a ship so you know they left us a sled we used the sled <laughs> ah we've all made decisions that we wish we could perhaps go back and revisit i suppose well you're welcome to ride along and this will be the most comfortable and easy part of your journey that is a guarantee excellent we've been waiting for this bit for some time <laughs> I mean, it's quite nice on the rolling city. That was pretty comfy. I mean, there was a guy trying to kill us with weird talking dogs. Oh, there's always a guy trying to kill us with weird talking dogs. And then another lot of people setting us up as like 
yeah. none of that was that great. But no one sets up the Hawks, remember? <laughs> let's just have a look. Guys, let's just have a... Sorry, um, Coon. Let's just have a quick high five here, guys. I mean, do you want to lean off the side of the horse to high five? Because I think we'll just fall off. I won't. I'm, I've ridden before. Remember I left right, my perhaps. horse to die outside that temple <laughs> with the dwarves? I haven't forgotten that. That haunts me still. <laughs> Barry's going to hold his hand up and just have it like an inch or two across from the side of the horse. There you go, then. Lean in. <laughs> I'll give him an air high five. Psh, good attempt, Barry. Your little legs couldn't hold. Actually, no. I'm going to grip with my thighs, which we know it's canon that they're very strong from all the lovemaking I do. And I'm going to lean across with ease and high five him. Yeah, I'm, there's no problem with the leaning. It, it still kind of aches a little where that dog bit you, but that's okay. You're only going to be in the saddle for a few months. It'll probably uh, toughen up. I mean, that kind of mellowed when I screwed like 20 horsemen. <laughs> that kind of just, <laughs> that kind of How went. How's this multiplied? Why is this just well, like, really? I, having... I was the stable hands and all like the stable owners. We went down to the stables. stable hands. <laughs> she was showing me around the stables and then we went to the stable <laughs> hand and I was like, my lord. And he was like, oh, I am but a humble servant. To, to the likes of thee and I was like no and then I picked his and the carry on <laughs> it's been a long time old friend <laughs> <laughs> do we need to go to a clinic before leaving that city are you gonna be alright oh I can cure the fucking I can I can handle what I've got don't worry I'm gonna do a quick rite of healing <laughs> on myself <laughs> if anything Tristan's Tristan's whole whole life is about handing what he's got yeah I'm like Mr. Burns. I've got so many sexual diseases that they're all fighting to kill me and not one can get the edge. So previously you wanted a growing green wang as a special thing and you might just get it naturally? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's all about us. It's all a circle, Barry. It's a circle of life. Coon says, well, if I may ask, because this is an unusual thing to be doing, of course we agreed a great favour to his heir, and also you are... Clearly good people and fine company. The moment you yes, laid down your money are. on the table, I knew that this was someone I could work with. <laughs> but uh, well, why no. do you wish to visit the Ogre Citadel? What is your... You are holiday makers? We're putting on a gig. Oh, <laughs> yes. And it's going to be the biggest that the Ogre Kingdom has ever heard. It is going to be... We think they're an untapped market. I think they've got an ear for a tune. Yeah. They are notoriously a rough crowd. And we are too. <laughs> well then, you will be fine, no doubt. Is there anything that you can tell us about the Ogre Citadel? We don't know an awful lot, if we're honest. I do. As you might imagine, we do not go there very often. Sorry, I was because... talking to Tristan. He, he knows oh. a lot about it. Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, uh, Kuhn, continue. Uh, you, uh, no, words are on. so much more eloquent than my own. <laughs> ha! I, d I doubt that, sir, but I appreciate the flattery. We do not really visit there because of all the ogres that's the biggest reason not to from mm. our perspective but we do like to keep an eye generally they stay there they come in there and that is where they stay once yeah. or twice there has been an excursion of some kind and they have gone out for some reason we like to keep an eye on them because obviously when that happens it is a great danger to us how long have they been going there for as long as we remember. So they they go That's there and then what happens? Presumably they, they don't... Do they farm the land around it? How do they continue to subsist? There is a madness on the when they walk. All who are cursed on the plane 
find a madness. But the city soothes it somewhat. When they are there, they are less. They still want to destroy. They still seek to rend and tear. But less than those that you encounter on the plain. They seem more able to live, though it is a very brutal life. They're always fighting and overthrowing one another and their dead are often just cast from the walls. Often they eat those as well. But there are, they do farm. There are plants they grow. Right, okay. Do they have a leader? There is a queen there. Hmm. Or a king, I do not know. Some royal figure. I get the feeling it's a queen. There is certainly a leader, and what our story says, that is the strongest of them. The one that can defeat the others becomes their leader. So maybe Percy walks in there, slaps that one down, prison rules, hits it with it d- dinner tray. He becomes the leader. Job done. Oh, like Ray Mears that time. Surely, if you're going there as performers, then you have some way to establish your credentials that will impress them sufficiently that they won't tear you limb from limb as they would with any other visitor to their city. Are you are you actually saying they can communicate when they're in the yeah. city? Are they smart enough for us to be able to talk to them and then be rational? Suffice to say, I would not go there as a singer or a storyteller and expect to get a good audience. This is why your plan is a little perplexing. No, but, but okay, ignoring our plan for a second, you, you say that, you, you know, you're educated in this, your people have been there before. Are they sentient there? Are they actually able to communicate? Are they uh, able to have rational thought? Or are we just walking into a bunch of mindless goons that are slightly less rage-filled? If they're able to farm, then there must be like some level of interaction, if it's only with each other. They might be battle farmers. <laughs> so I wonder if it's like bees... Maybe there's, like, worker ogres that go out and hunt stuff, and maybe there's, like, a queen ogre that's, like, just in charge, and then other ogres that are, like, the guard ogres, and maybe there's a bit of structure to it. They do dances. It might be that. It might be that when they are overruled by the strength of their their leader, then they have a hierarchy of some kind that allows them... This is conjecture. We do not know. We only see them come and go. We, We don't go and converse with them for... They are rather unruly neighbours, shall I say. <laughs> How long should the journey take, do you think? Oh, six or seven months. <laughs> it says, no more than nine months. Cool. Make it four. Uh, he says, it is little more than eight weeks travel. Hmm. Given that nothing will come up between now and then, I think we're on target. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. That seems like a safe bet. <laughs> How far are you actually taking us? Like, are you taking us all the way to the Citadel? Are you going to take us so somewhere and be like, oh, we go no further? No, no, we have undertaken with Hazer that we will guide you to the Citadel. So here and I will be your guides. It will be an honour for us, and it is good service to our people. So is the Citadel like an entire city? Is it just one building, the Citadel? Like, what are we talking about? It is a big place. It is more the size of when all our camps join together for a grand festival. But it is old buildings, old and broken. Many of them, you would not say if it was a building or a rock. And the ogres are not builders. Yeah, so the impression we've got from the stuff we've studied is there used to be a big city there made by the Stone Empire. And it's all crumbled and kind of gone into ruin. But Cities are a terrible idea. I mean, they're probably a fine idea if the land isn't cursed. I mean, we've got loads back home and everyone gets on with them fine. I mean, I don't like them. 
They're too noisy and there's too many people and not enough trees. But generally, they're well thought of. Where'd you keep your goats? Well, I don't know, Percy. You're a city person. Where'd you keep your goats? <laughs> on the hillside, mostly. Mm. Yeah, there we go. I mean, ghost, goats are pretty um, adaptable creatures. You can keep them wherever you want. I'm in a cupboard. What is a cupboard? What is this thing? You literally have them on the uh, wagon. Mm. Enigma's pretty familiar with my cupboard, from what I recall. What do you tell Enigma? <laughs> Chock full of goats. <laughs> he says, ha, hell of a callback. Are there any goats in there? Loads. Hmm, there you go. Why did you have goats in your cupboard if you keep them traditionally on your hills? Well, you can keep them on hills. Did you have hills in your cupboards? They're very adaptable creatures. You can keep them anywhere. <laughs> like a cupboard. Like a cupboard. Are you trying to stop him? Are you trying to impose a nanny state? <laughs> oh, dear me. It was a little bit convoluted. <laughs> a little? A little bit. He says, ha, the state of being a nanny, which is what some goats are. Very good. Thank you. This guy gets it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Johnny Foreigner gets it. <laughs> what I have also heard, and this will go no further, except obviously here she, what I know she must know. Mostly. What? I have heard that you had trouble follow you. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, so there's some guy called Death, who's a hunter from the south, and he's got hunting dogs. They said they'd slow him up in the city, but they didn't say they'd stop him. But surely he's not going to outpace your horses. It depends how he travels. There are many ways that a person can cross l- land whoa, rapidly. Whoa, 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 buddy. Look, hey, we were told you're the best. We were told you and your horses were the best of the best and this was the fastest we can go. Unless someone lied to us. Hmm. Tristan? We do not like liars. I'll back, Bam- <laughs> I'll back Bambria. No, that's, that, that wasn't my... No. No, I meant you might have... I'm going to wave my fist no, menacingly no. at this guy and be like, we do not like liars. Yeah? I'm... Of course not. <laughs> he just like leans over and just gently slaps you on the cheek like a little baby pat. Ah. He's like, of course you do not. But we are the most honest of people. Our horses are the best and we are the fastest. And yet the southern ho- hunter may have means at his disposal. He is not a human as we are. He has his own things. This is known. Did you say that your horse can go um, anywhere that it's been before in, like, the blink of an eye? Of course, yes. Well, if you've been to the Ogre Citadel before, why are we spending the next hour of many months? Can't we just sit on the back of your horse and you blink us there? Percy, I told you this. You could sit on my horse and I could go there. And you would be on my horse when I left, but you would not be when I arrived. Mm, all right. So, you have seen trouble from the south? Trouble from the south, from the west... Everywhere we go, there seems to be trouble. Well, where we are going, there is no trouble, except, of course, when we get to the Ogre Citadel. Well, <laughs> that is a place and a half and definitely trouble. 100% trouble. Okay, but the intermediate bit, this riding bit with you guys, that's going to be peaceful, calm, serene. We're just going to have a nice time. Yeah? Of course. This... And you're a truthful man. You just said that. You... Look, the troubles of the plains are somewhere south. I do not think they will come this far. There's trouble coming. That's why we were in the city. But I do not think it is your trouble. What type of tr- what type of trouble is it? You have heard of the Slaidlar, the s- the people who live on the edges of the ice. Let's say yes. We we have a little bit, yeah, but not on the glacial plain. No forecourts. The the hunter belongs with them. Right. Okay. Whether or not he is born of them, he will have their magic, and the pack he runs with is one of their hunting packs. 
Do you know what religion they follow? Follow the walking immortals. The what? The seven grandmothers. You must have heard of them. Are we talking about, are they represented by the stars? And then they'll describe the seven sisters' stars. That's right. They are related to those, but they often pass through our people just as a grandmother who walks through and visits us. Percy, do the sisters ever actually turn up and walk around? Not in the same way that he seems to be suggesting. I mean, they they appear to people as apparitions sometimes, but I didn't think they took on sort of physical form and went and bought pizza. Ha! Perhaps it is different places, different things. Weird there's seven again, though, hmm. isn't it? What do your people follow? The walking immortals, generally. Their teachings are, uh... They, they are a religion that is easy to follow as you travel. The observances do not require a place. They can come with you. Ben, without you having to go through all <clears throat> seven uh, religions, can you can we ask him to give us a brief description of the, the backgrounds of the seven immortals and see if they line up with the seven sisters? Yes, certainly. And so he talks about... He talks about Grandmother Dust, friend to the hungry, and Grandmother Cloud, friend to the thirsty, and Grandmother Thunder, friend to those who seek to remedy injustice, and Grandmother Tree, friend to those who seek the way to make beautiful things, and Grandmother Snow, friend to the wind riders and tamers of sky whales, and Grandmother Foot, friend to the lost, and to those who have lost something precious. And it would be fair to say that those roles at least approximate the Seven Sisters. So, Percy, mm. like, from the stuff that I studied up about religion, like, obviously the Fae were in charge of the world, and then the, the humans were just food, basically, for the Fae, and then the humans started following the elven goddesses, and the, the sway of power, all the humans suddenly following it, empowered the Seven, and that they then overthrew the Fae. Mm -hmm. Could it be that in the different areas, the humans perceive them in different ways i mean it could be i i guess i mean it's is it inconceivable that they are physical creatures of such power that they're able to walk the land maybe i don't know i don't know if, yeah but does the faith manifest the individual or does the individual generate the faith in the people like can it just be that they've like, witches work by instilling fear into people and instilling the belief uh, in the in the idea that the witch is powerful, which is why they go to the effort of, of living in the woods and looking scary and all that kind of stuff. So the villagers locally kind of believe that the witches are powerful and, and that lends the power to them. So maybe in the same way that if all these people here believe that the god is the god of snow or the god of, uh, of clouds and stuff, maybe that physically manifests them yeah, I mean, into we, that here. Yeah. We've certainly seen evidence of that elsewhere, haven't we? That it, yeah. if an idea is sufficiently powerful to take hold, then people can give form to it. Um, and in in any great legend that might spawn a religion, then uh, there's probably at least a grain of truth in the, in the, uh, in the start. Now, I guess we've always assumed that the, the doctrine is a bit closer the, to what we've written down, but we're, we are talking about an awful long time. Is it possible that where we're headed to has some more significant um, role? Yeah, I think that what we've seen so far seems to suggest that. 
a lot of the records stop in the um, in the age of fire, don't they? Can you not speak to your... I mean, you've prayed to your goddess before, and mm-hmm. she's spoken to you directly, and you've chatted about it. Yeah. Can you not ask her the specific question, if these gods are the same as, as her and her sisters, and if we're heading in the right direction, and if all the things we're thinking are actually correct? I, I can do. I'm not sure what value it would have. I, I think I can probably answer that for you now. They sound like they're the same thing, yes. We are heading in the same direction. I can already. Uh, we're heading in the right direction. I can tell you that. But that might give us some allies when we weren't expecting allies. It might be that we go over there and then we've got some common ground. Like we, the whole the whole crux of us running away is because we've got this massive war going on and we want to stop the war. And as I've said before, that thing that you're carrying could arguably stop the war if we had some common ground with the enemy and just had a discussion with them. So. Maybe if we got all of these people that live in some snow near our enemy, effectively, we could get them to rally with us and and maybe be the mediators or something. Kuhn says, this is the curious thing, though, because there seems to be some other belief growing in the South and their herdmasters are breeding new beasts for them. They use beasts a lot to draw their... Not, not like our horses, they have huge creatures that sometimes draw their sleighs or that serve them in other ways and my belief is they're preparing for war i mean there's already a war going on but maybe they're just looking to step it up a bit it sounds like it might be a new front of the same war so this is your trouble as well yeah this is why the southerners follow you yeah kind of percy killed his brother oh he threw him into the uh, mouth of a shark do you know what a shark is no describe it for me it's like a horse. Hmm, it's like a horse. <laughs> it says, okay, I'm with you so far. But it's kind of shiny and kind of grey. Take and the it's legs in the off. Water. Take the legs off. Hmm. Really fat neck. Fat neck horse. A fat neck horse that lives in the water and is shiny and grey. With a quiff. Has it got a quiff? A big teeth. Oh, well, I'm thinking teeth, quiff yeah. is closest to a dorsal fin. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, that's what a shark is. So yeah, Percy fed, fed this guy's brother to one of them and now he's really angsty about it well that seems quite reasonable i mean vengeance for a slain brother is as good a reason for a feud as any yeah one of our top five i have certainly uh fought duels over less i think if there was a way for them to move north they would and i think that is what they're preparing for but between our different clans there is no consensus here they would never be able to move north if the riding people were united to stop them but that is some way off. Oh well, never mind then. Yeah, we're not we're not getting involved in local politics. We've done that once, is it? Not for us. Very wise. Yeah. This is why we will travel through. So anyway, you have a fairly comfortable few days travel. Few days or eight weeks? We'd uh, we took a vote and we'd like to skip all the um, stuff about horses because we know it'll make you too happy. Do <laughs> you just want to wrap up the next eight weeks in a short? There's nothing I want more than. To get you places quickly. I want to drop back and talk to Percy and Banbury quickly before we yeah, forget. Yeah, sure. So as you're traveling. Drop back like you're in front. Yeah, well, of course I'm in front. I'm on, a, I'm on the tallest white stallion I could find. Mine's I went, the I, most elegant one, so mine is skipping ahead. Mine's, Literally. Mine's I'm totally dressaging this up. Yeah, but that's why you're at the back, because you're dressaging from side to side all the time. 
I'm skipping. I'm basically doing the equivalent of gymnastics on a horse. Yeah, but we're galloping. The Skipping horse is, is like much doing slower. like forward rolls and stuff, like somersaults, <laughs> just to get ahead of you guys. I don't think it's doing somersaults. That's it can actually like thing. skip over the other horses. If your horse does a somersault, you're probably going to have a broken pelvis. I met a horse once. I know about horses. You were a metal horse once. Okay, I'm going to drop back and talk to... Oh, fine, I'll include Enigma again because I excluded her last time. I was going to say, why do you keep excluding her? <laughs> she doesn't do magic. She does killing stuff. God damn patriarchy. Yeah, it's the patriarchy. I, I don't I want to talk to a by girl her. about horses. They hate horses. Yes, Tristan, do you have a question? Um, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> All right. I mean, On to Malahim. I definitely did. Um, yeah, so Banbury, do you remember that girl we will go that... That young lass we were off to heal of the curse. No. Well, no. okay. Remember when uh, Percy and I requested your assistance with something and you vanished and it turned out you were killing innocent? Well, not innocent, but you killed them a bit. Innocent? No, but you innocent. You didn't allow them a fair trial. You know, you, you, you broke the system. He looked like he wanted a killing. He was asking for it. I called upon that song that I learned in the Land of the Dead. So I think we might actually be able to raise this curse. That's a pretty big deal. Do you know deal. what? I was uh, reading through the grimoire my mum gave me, and you know, before we got into the city, I said, look, if I spend more time studying it, I'll I'll be able to curse cities and stuff. If I spend enough time doing it, I I think I've got it. So what? if I spend enough time somewhere, I could now curse a city, a hamlet, a village. So I could probably, if you were singing the song that undoes the curse, as you're doing it, probably reverse it and maybe try and He'll reverse the curse. The city, like of the, I could try and do it on the citadel, and then see if it reverbs out. I mean, it would certainly be useful to return back to the Western Kingdoms with an army of grateful ogres. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know how that would work. I think there'd still be ogres. I just don't think anyone more would be cursed. I don't know if it would undo it. From when we were looking at it, you're just assuming that ogres can't be rehabilitated. Yeah. Well, this girl completely stopped having the curse. She was no longer an ogre. She was turned effectively back what, into... Was she an ogre, though? She wasn't... I don't believe she was quite an ogre, but she showed features. She had, like, a warty nose and, like, long ears. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't, Tristan, to be clear. And it disappeared. You know what it was? It was just really bad period pains. That's what she was yeah, dealing with. Bad PMT. Them. It's that kind of curse. The problem with patriarchy... But in fairness, <laughs> if, if Tristan, through singing, can... Cure period pains and period cramps, then I think, you know... I would take that. Yeah, that's yeah, not what happened. Yeah. Her father had spent many years trying to, trying to cure and hold off the curse. So that, that's all. Oh, wait. How did he stop it for years? How's that a thing? I thought... I didn't think there was anything they could do. Well, he, he didn't stop it, but he, he slowed it down, didn't he? Uh, but how did he slow it down? Maybe that's useful. I don't know. We were there for like five minutes. I would say what's more well, useful is that I freaking cured it. Yeah, well, yeah. Why Why are we so determined to miss the point of this? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, saying, I, I, I agree, Tristan. You, you cured her of the curse, and yeah, we, we might have a shot at it. So, and, that, I, and I would assume that the reason that you've been tasked with this is because some higher entity wants you to do it. Well, but that, what Banbury's suggesting is interesting is if he thinks we could maybe amplify, maybe that's how we'll, maybe there's there's either going to be something in Malahim that we can use to boost the signal, as it were, or we can work on Banbury casting a spell and me trying to, as he's casting it, I'll, I'll almost try and corrupt it so that it heals. I'll, I'll corrupt it in a, in a positive way, perhaps. I think there is an interesting point that yes, we, we could do all that, but we'd 
we're doing it not because we've come up with it as a great idea, but because something else wants us to do it. And we don't actually know an awful lot. We've got a lot of higher powers that are quite interested in us. Yeah. Some we like, some we don't. Yeah, we, but we, mean, we don't know an awful lot about the thing that tasked you with it, do we? That was just a dead person. Like, for all we know, that wasn't a higher power. It might have no effect on these things. No, I was using her... I was using the song she gave me as guidance yeah. to tie into... Okay. So we know that works, actually. So, yeah, he's got a fair point. He's got evidence there. But is, is there anything that we can do to find out more information about the like the spirit of, or the creature that, that gave it to you in the first place? Kill Enigma. What? And mm. then go and find her again. <laughs> we could do that. Uh, can I vote a different plan? Other than we can only bring people back once. So it'd have to be somebody else. Okay, let's kill Bambri. <clears throat> Bambri, let's agree. <clears throat> the least useful member. Let's kill Bambri, at least. You're the one that has to have the conversation. You die and speak to some bird. You made the promise. You've already lost a finger. You're about as good as dead. Yeah, your career's dead. You might as well just finish off the whole job. I think we have a couple days travel here, which is reasonably calm. Overnight, Kieran Hoon both basically just unroll their saddle blankets and wrap themselves up in them and sleep under the sky. Are you all doing that, or do you have some more fancy arrangements? I will copy them. It's pretty warm, it smells a bit of horse. That's fine. I mean, after several days of travelling on horses, or the fact we're going to be eight weeks on horses, I imagine everything's going to smell of horses, so we'll probably get yeah. used to it, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. But the horses think they smell of us. Yeah, the horses are like, God, smells like human. Can you believe this? Stinky, stinky humans. It's mostly quite comfortable. The weather holds. You have some pleasant days. A couple of times you pass meeting stones where here will ride off and and obviously she's checking something around the stones and then comes back to join you. Is it worth foraging? If you're looking to forage, there's definitely, like, you can improve your meals. At one point you see a herd of gazelles go by and Kira actually chases after them and shoots one down with her bow and that night you have fresh gazelle for dinner, mm. which is pretty delicious, actually. Ben, yeah. one of the evenings when we're not doing much and yeah. everyone's kind of settling down to rest, uh, Banbury wants to tinker with one of his spells a little bit. Okay, cool. So, following the uh, the fight with death, yeah, uh, Banbury had summoned uh, Genome during it to try and, like, for curses, to make it a strong curse and to make it work, Banbury needs something, like, associated with the individual he's cursing. Sure. So he summoned Genome, his unseen servant, and tried to get Genome to do something helpful. Genome was completely completely useless and basically flailed around and Banbury just gave up on him. So Banbury is going to summon Genome and try and teach him fetch. <laughs> the guy was covered in ice, to be fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, okay, so he's Banbury's going to summon Genome. He's going to hand him Jabruce. Yeah. Genome's going to look up at him, smile with his one buck tooth and like his little weird black eyes yeah. and nod. And then Bambi's going to take it back off him and then he's going to throw Jabruce and he's going to point at um, Jabruce and get Genome to run after it and try and pick it up. Yeah, and Genome kind of runs over. At one point he kind of trips over his own feet, then just hops back up, charges on and he picks it up and he just turns around and stands there and grins at you. Looks very pleased with himself. Aww. And then I'm going to indicate to bring Jabruce back. He copies your gesture. Mm. 
and I'll basically spend four or five hours trying to teach an invisible-ish gnome to play fetch with a half brick. Okay. For a while, he's kind of learning a dance. And then also, everyone else, to be clear, Banbury, like, you can't really see Janome. So Banbury is standing, beckoning to nothing. <laughs> and then eventually, after a very long time, you see Jabruce kind of pop up and just move back towards him. <gasps> yeah. Magic. Oh. <laughs> good boy. Good boy. Who's a good little gnome? Who's a good little gnome? Genome like, uh, where he does a little dance of his own and he's oh. super pleased. Okay. I mean, he's kind of semi-visible to me. I don't know if I can pat him on the head. Yeah, I. you can sort of do it. There's not really much there. Okay. It feels like slightly thicker air. It doesn't really feel like a physical <laughs> That's person. what she said. Okay. So, I mean, that was step one of yeah. trying to help have Genome help me curse people. So yeah. step two is obviously to try and get him to steal some hair. So yeah. as Tristan's asleep, I'm going to indicate to I'm Tristan... I'm never asleep. <laughs> ...with Genome and be like, pull out one hair. Pull out one hair, Genome. Go on, go on, little buddy. Pull out a hair. Janome <laughs> yeah. goes over to Tristan. Because you point out Tristan right first, and then you're giving yeah, him yeah. this instruction. Yeah, Janome goes over to Tristan, and he pulls out a hair off his own head. And then he does his little happy dance, because he's done it right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, <laughs> no. His hair. He looks sad. He's... And then I'm going to walk over, and I'm just going to yank one of Tristan's hairs out. But like, like that. See? Tristan. Like that. Someone's pulling your hair. I know every single hair on my head, so I'm going to wake up in a fighter's stance and check my hair. Like, whoa, what's going on? Hair 147334864 is missing. Bambri will lick the end of it and just place it back. Ah. Uh, there we go. And he's going to just use his thumb just to dig it into the other hairs. There you go, buddy. Shh. Uh, Tristan Shh. falls back asleep. Uh. And now... Now, Genome. Now. Now. Uh, Genome grabs the hair that you just put back and picks it up and starts licking it enthusiastically. Let me, uh, Stroke his face. I'm going to leap to my feet. What's going on? <laughs> Kier, who is on watch, and she's been like staring off into the distance, the other side of the fire. She kind of turns round and she says, Bambri is pulling your hair to lick it, of course. Does he not always do this? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to run over to the central point where we've got an alarm bell and I'm just going to start clanging the bell to get everyone up. <laughs> clang, 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 clang. Attack! We're under attack! And I'm going to start casting magic and I'm going to go true sight invisible and all kinds of shit. I'm going to pop my wingsuit and glide nine feet to the east. <laughs> so everyone is woken up by Tristan raising the alarm. Clang, 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 clang. Bambri's going to immediately get in his bed and look like he's asleep. What's happening? I'm under attack. I'm under attack. Kira is still sat on the floor and she just looks quizzically at Tristan and then everyone else. I'm going to swing my nunchucks. I'm going to run over and get right in her face. What the hell happened here? Tell me, wench. But I don't say wench. <laughs> I was going to say that. That would be a very bad... You've got the impression over the last few days that 
That is not the terminology used for her. She, I'm going to drop to my knees in front of her with my head bowed. Milady. Good. This bard humbly beseeches thee to tell us the events of this <laughs> night. Lest the morrow never come and my hair fall out one by one by one. <laughs> she says, very impressive, Tristan. There's tears streaming down my face. <laughs> Your friend just pulled your hair out to lick it. Is this not what always happens? I'm going to look at Enigma quizzically. Why did you do that, Enigma? You're the only one that would act like this. You see, he turns around and I'm just swinging my nunchucks and I don't know how to stop. So... <laughs> I'm, I'm, back and, I'm just back away. She's got her own thing going on. She's got her own problems. <laughs> Yeah, she's got her own situation. I want nothing. I can't help her. I'm like, sorry, you're in this on your own. I'm starting on my figure of eight, but I just still don't know how to stop. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, does she indicate Bambri? She says, yeah, Bambri is the one who likes to lick you in the night, is he not? As Bambri's sleeping, I'm going to creep quietly over. <laughs> lick his hair. Grab a handful of his hair. Oh, no, he doesn't have any hair. He has He's like... got short little stubby hair by now. Right. Like, he shaved his head. I'll find one individual hair and as he's asleep I'm going to get my knife and just subtly cut it off and then I'll stick that hair on my own head oh it it really sticks good I'm like now we're equal you son of a bitch and I'm going to go back to sleep (laughs) (laughs) Kirk watches all of this and then she just turns back round sits with her back to the fire looking out into the night yeah so Genome is doing pretty well, Bambri. I'll give him, as soon as Tristan's gone back, I'll look over at Genome and give him a thumbs up. He does his little happy dance. He's so <laughs> pleased. You give him some lettuce. <laughs> That's how they train guinea pigs. Yeah, I, he might not be a guinea pig. He just wants to please, you know. Bambri's summoned him and he just wants to do a great job for Bambri, but he is... I'll pat him on the head and dismiss him back to weird gnome <laughs> land, wherever he's from. Okay, yeah, and so Genome vanishes. There was a further question to my foraging rather than just, like, dinner. Yeah, cool. Uh, I was wondering if it was possible if there's any kind of herbs and things around because uh, I realised that, you know, I'm getting a bit rusty on my old poisoning skills and you That's never know true. when you might need them. So I was hoping I could, you know, have a bit of a nose around see if there's anything that could help. I mean, I don't know if it's that kind of territory. There, there's a lot of different plants here and because it's spring, they're all growing pretty well. Yeah, there, there are like not many of your familiar plants, but there are some that are quite like them. So why don't you give me a... Let's see if you give me a Defy Danger Wisdom. So this is like maybe early in the morning or in, in the end of the day. Wisdom. Okay. I'd, I'd buy into <laughs> Int for this as well. Whichever of those you feel is more appropriate. Int. No okay. reason. Yeah, Okay. That's good. So you find plenty of plants that you're pretty sure will uh, make a poison that you know. What poison do you want to make? Okay, so it's a kind of uh, neurotoxin, uh, which inhibits the way the brain works. And so uh, people just basically turn into a bit of an idiot for a bit. They walk into walls. Uh, you know, they, they, they struggle with a lot of stuff. They can't really think straight. Yeah, so it's going to really hit their ability to be dexterous or do magic and stuff like that. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, cool. What's it called? 
Now you see, I was buying myself time on that and I still don't have a good answer. It's... The Tristan of Fire. The what? The Tristan of Fire. Tristan of Fire. The Potion of Bardic Wisdom. <laughs> the Mime. The Mime, great. Street now, Performer's Charm. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think Mime's Charm is quite good. Mime's Charm. Okay, and so this is a poison, a neuro inhibitor. So you have that now. Cool. Because at the moment I could basically just anaesthetise people, so now I can either anaesthetise them and also mess with their brains. So yeah, it's pretty good. Might come up. Probably not very good on ogres. Okay, so presumably while the campfire's out that night, you're there with your little alembic and your oils like and your tongues heating it over the fire or whatever. Yeah. I'm making a brew as well, but being really careful to make sure I drink from the right pot. <laughs> Probably a good idea. Yep, yep. Tell you what, Bambury, whatever's Enigma's making smells a bit like the kind smells of thing tasty. that would have been sold on the streets of Farmouth when you were visiting there. Bamboo wander over it and uh, sit down quietly next to her. Hey, Enigma. Uh, are you, have you got drugs? You know? It's These aren't the drugs that you want. <laughs> I mean, I think I'll make that judgment myself. I mean, you don't want this. I'm keeping this for a special occasion, you know? Okay. When we want someone, like, you know, really out of it. So these are the drugs I want? <laughs> for someone else <laughs> wink wink oh yeah got it wink wink <laughs> well Janome will be pickpocketing her for those uh, uh, a later point there was no There's... way that was misunderstood <laughs> <laughs> amazing so the next day Kier finds a body <laughs> Sword has already appeared on the map. Oh, it's... There is nothing see. else there. New map, new sword. Who's the person with a stick? Who's the person with a stick? Why I don't am know. I Who's... in shorts? Who am I? Why am I in a football outfit? Okay. I you're, look like you're, I the play... one, you're the one with the throwing knife. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I assume that was Banbury. Because... Banbury's the one with the stick because what? he's That's... got a wizard's I thought that was staff. me because I'm red. I mean, You're the red all... one, Stuart. Yeah, with a sword. That's you. Yeah, red. I don't want to. I don't like that. I'm wearing shorts. I don't want to wear shorts. You're not wearing shorts. You're wearing tan trousers. <laughs> no, I'm not. That is definitely a footballer <laughs> with a wand. <laughs> right. I feel like that's pretty much. I'm taking Tristan's a photo call. of this. That's pretty much called Tristan. <laughs> I'm like the guy from Reno 911. <laughs> I always wear shorts. <laughs> right, that's going on. It's a top-down view. Maybe. He... Maybe you're actually a linesman. That's going on Twitter right now. I am a linesman <laughs> for the queen. 
I don't want to be the head of the penis in the picture, please. You, well, I'm <laughs> on the chart. Someone make me more scrotal. Thank you. <laughs> Down at the base. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to listen to the last episode and then we're going to come back in. I'll just cut that and we'll come back in, okay? Have you edited <laughs> it? Classic. That was brilliant. Really good. Top the I like the bit where Tristan did the thing. Classic oh, Tristan. Oh, I can't, believe. can't believe he was naked the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that actually fits quite well with whatever we're doing. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Stuart. Do you have something to say? Shaking <laughs> <laughs> on some fruity bread. Um, <laughs> today's episode of Crudy Bread is sponsored by Fruity Bread. It's Why delicious. Half nine because uh, I ran out of time. Yeah, a, a bit like Shiva's trousers, a reference which all our listeners will get. A surprising number. I went to a party the other day, and there was a lot of people who were like, "Oh, I know your voice." <coughs> nice. Is that because uh, you shout a lot in Wales? That is true. It echoes around its giant rib cage. <laughs> Percy, where'd you get that pizza from? Hmm? Where'd you get the pizza no, from? No, I found it in a saddlebag. Just... Look, just check yours. Oh, oh yes, we've got to with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm about yours, to have a cheese sandwich. <laughs> just as good, I feel. <laughs> Ben, Barbary's yeah. going to search his saddlebags for what looks like stuffed crust pepperoni. Is that correct, Quinn? Uh, Hawaiian. Um, <coughs> Hawaiian. Gross. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he finds it, but it's old. <laughs> um, Have some of mine. Nom, <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Cheers, Percy. That's right. He ended up fighting some people over whether they are going to put a car park in their back garden. It was just... <laughs> Local politics is not that good. It was all over a wall or something. What's a car park? It's where you keep <laughs> fish. If you're trying to save all the fish, you put them in a giant boat called a <laughs> car park. <laughs> <laughs> and a carp is a bit like a horse. Yes. <laughs> I'm with you so far. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll Get him some of the leftover old Hawaiian pizza out of the saddlebag and give him that. <laughs> he, like, carefully carries it for you and then tries to offer it to you. Mm, yeah, I'll take it back and then... He looks super happy. Pat... <laughs> I'll pat him on the head and dismiss him back to weird gnome land, wherever he's from. Okay, yeah, and so gnome vanishes. And I'll just lob the Hawaiian pizza in a direction and nice. go to sleep. <laughs>